This episode is brought to you by Rev1. Rev1's mission is to help entrepreneurs build great companies. As you navigate the waters of business entrepreneurship, you don't have to go it alone. A strategic partnership with Rev1 connects innovators to the talent, customers, space, and funding you need when you need it. Get started with Rev1 Startup Studio by visiting rev1ventures.com to learn more. Again, the website is rev1ventures.com. Six One Four Startups Nation, welcome to another episode of the Six One Four Startups Podcast. My name is Elio Harmon. My mission is to help you attract the clients and access the capital you need to build your dream business. Like a good guest, wipe your feet at the door by hitting the subscribe button and come on in. Today, we are going to be exploring SBA loans and how it could be a tool to acquire and scale businesses. To enlighten us on the subject, I'm joined by our resident SBA loan expert himself, Keith Warren, Regional Vice President and Senior SBA Business Development Officer at Northwest Bank. Keith, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Elio. Really appreciate you uh, taking the time to bring me on. Yeah, man. First podcast of the year. We're going to skip all the preamble and get right down to helping the citizens of the 614 Startups Nation to get the money they need to take their business to the next level. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Let's just jump right in, man. SBA is short for the Small Business Administration. So what is the Small Business Administration and what is the purpose of their lending program? So the Small Business Administration is a government agency within the United States government that was put in place to help and assist entrepreneurs in receiving the lending and financing that they may need in order for them to grow their business at an early state. Um, so that's why it was put in place. Uh, and it was was really uh, put there to be able to uh, provide the, the support from a collateral shortfall. Um, SBA lending comes with an SBA backing of up to 75%. Um, we've seen times throughout the history where we've seen more than 90% as an SBA backing. So the government has done its job and, and put some support out there to assist our small entrepreneurs and those looking to grow. Um, and the SBA has been a great tool for that. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people in government understand that small business matters. You know, a lot of times you, you listen to a politician speak and you're like, man, do they really walk the walk? But with programs like the Small Business Administration, that's the government attempting to walk to walk. But a lot of people hear about government programs and don't actually understand how they work. So let's break uh, down how SBA loans work. So how does the program work? Uh, and then what's the role of the banking industry in making that program work? Yeah, so. So again, the program was put in place to to help those entrepreneurs receive the financing and the backing that they would need from whether it be collateral shortfalls or startup businesses and things of that nature to be able to assist and come alongside banking institutions and lending institutions that could then apply, um, provide them with the financing that they would need in order to finance their project, whether it be a startup, an acquisition, an expansion on their business, a line of credit, things of that nature. And so what's been really cool and really exciting is all the changes that we've seen from the SOP. You probably hear me say SOP quite a few times, and that's just our standard uh, operations procedure. And there's been some changes and some updates of some different things that have happened throughout the SOP. And basically, they would say it to us, do what you do. Go out there, 
try to bring in as much business as possible by looking at it as if it were a conventional opportunity. Um, and by doing so, it, it's provided some nuances and some really exciting features that are giving our small business owners a great opportunity to do just that, which is grow their business, go out and acquire a business. You know, we're in a state now where, you know, the baby boomers are starting to move those those businesses that they've grown for a long period of their, of their lives. And coming out of COVID, now they're at a position where they're like, you know what, it's time for us to sell. And right now that, um, to go alongside with what's happening with the SBA and the new SOP, it's a really exciting time for, for lenders like myself. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited just knowing that there's <clears throat> money to be had in a way that a lot of people in my audience don't really go out and look for money, right? Traditionally, my audience is equity first. But before we jump into the difference between equity and debt, I want to kind of nerd out on the way the program itself works. So the government isn't actually the lender. Uh, the bank, the Northwest Bank, is the lender and the government yeah. backs the loan. So can you talk a little bit about that relationship on the back end, like who's going to be my lender, who's backing the loan and why those relationships matter? Yeah, your lender is going to be the lending institution that you're working with. And we hope that that lending, lending institution is Northwest Bank. But your lending institution, that's who you're going to pay your, your monthly payments to. That's going to be the one that's going to be servicing your debt. That's going to be the one who's going to be housing the, the, that, that for you. The SBA basically plays as big brother, as we like to call him anyways, um, comes in just, just in that sense, right? They're, they're there for support. You have a collateral shortfall because you're not purchasing a tangible asset that's going to hold its collateral value. That's where the SBA comes in. And they're, they're looking to back that up to 75% of what that loan amount is. So if you're lending, if you're borrowing a million dollars, the SBA then comes in and supports that up to 70, 750,000, which would be 75%. Now there's some other uh, details and some nuances about that, that, that really dig deep into it, but that's really the gist of how this program works. And like I said, we've seen in history and, and, and maybe um, in the upcoming future where the SBA has guaranteed the backing of up to 90% on some loans, which really gives banking and banks and lending institutions the comfort that they need to really help and extend credit to borrowers that may for who have startup businesses, restaurants, hotels, things that you typically wouldn't be able to receive your traditional financing for working capital lines of credit, things of that nature. So a really, a really, you know, opportunity for the, the government to basically put their money where their mouth is by providing that support and that backing and really that guarantee, um, towards those loans. Yeah, I love to hear it. And, and everybody who is making loans or making investments wants to de-risk. And in a way, the SBA program allows banks to de-risk by providing that 75% backing, right? They want to incentivize you. Small business, business in general is risky. We know what the statistics are out there of the businesses that succeed versus the businesses that fail. So if the SBA or the government just completely lent, uh, left it up to conservative organizations or institutions to do all the business lending, there might be less money flowing around there. So the government is stepping up and saying, hey, Northwest Bank, we're going to de-risk this deal for you. We want you guys to invest in small businesses. We're going to give you this backing. Let's get the money out there into the system. So I mentioned a little bit about the fact that my listeners 
look to equity financing first. So they're looking to friends and family, angels, or VC. I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time, Keith. Let's break down the differences between equity financing, the kind of traditional things that we talk about all the time in the startup world, and debt financing, which is what an SBA loan represents. Yeah, so your equity financing, um, you're going to give away, you're, you're going to provide equity for those looking to come in and provide that financing for you. So I come into this, I own my company 100%, but in order for me to grow, in order for me to receive the financing that I'm going to need, I may need to give 10%, 20%, 30%, 40 50 60% of my business away in order to receive the growth capital that I may need to either start that business or to expand on it. I mean, we've all seen the television show Shark Tank, right? Those guys go in there with a great opportunity. And next thing you know, one of the sharks is asking them for 60 or 70% of their business from an equity perspective, because it is risky. And it is, it is not a, nothing's a sure thing, right? So you have that part of it from a equity space where you're going to actually be giving a part of your business away for that financing. Whereas from a debt perspective, you're, you're going to pay on debt. You're going to borrow those funds, but you remain 100% owner of that business. And I can tell you that being 100% owner means the buck stops there, right? It, that business is going to grow and it's going to go as far as you want it to grow and as you want it to go. And I've sat on the other side of the table as an entrepreneur myself, and I can tell you that when it's you that's really driving that. It's it's a different it's a different feel from the business perspective. So on one on one end from your VC, your uh, investments, your angels, things of that nature, you're gonna a, a portion of that business is not gonna belong to you because you've given that away for the equity to bring in. On the debt side, you've basically signed away you know all your rights and and life to this to this debt because you believe in it but you also want to keep 100% ownership to that and what the SBA allows you to do <clears throat> excuse me the SBA because it does have that government backing there it allows you to keep that 100% ownership as you grow your business so th that's i mean that's really the 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 telltale of of how the two differentiate yeah, that you, you mentioned Shark Tank, but let's bring it really, really close to home. I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast has heard of OpenAI. Now, the founder right. of the company, basically the company, right? Me, because he, he right. is the public face of the I mean, it was earth shattering. The guy who started this, one of the fastest growing companies, one of the most valuable companies of the world gets fired. That's one of the differences between equity financing and debt <laughs> financing, right? Absolutely. Uh, he, because he gave up ownership, because yeah. he gave up control, when you look at yeah. equity financing, that's one of the considerations you have to make that you are truly going into business with these people. They're not just giving you free money. They are now becoming yeah. part owners in your business, whereas debt, yeah, you're taking risk, of course. And you need to be able to service the debt. But one of the pros of going the debt route is that you could retain that ownership. And in another way of saying it, you get to keep a certain amount of greater control than you otherwise would. All right. So let's talk to our folks about keeping an open mind. All right. Because like human beings, we tend to get in a groove. <laughs> right. We are creatures yeah. of habit. Yeah. 
Like once we get an Very idea much. in our head, we want to just stick it out. Why is it important as a business owner, as a founder, to keep an open mind when you are exploring financing options? Because just like everything else that in this world, things are forever changing. Um, life is changing. Business is changing. The way that we do things is changing. You made the reference to open AI. Um, that's going to change the, 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 the lay the lay of the world tremendously. So if we have to have an open mind to continue to position ourselves in order to be able to be strategic and, but also, um, you know, thorough on what it is that we want to achieve moving forward. So having an open mind, you know, you may come in saying, look, I, I only want to do this with conventional financing. I'm okay with putting down 25%. Um, I want a fixed rate loan and, and, that's how I want to do this. I want to close in 30, 60 days. Well, that's great that that's what you want. And I could probably assist you with that. But I also want to lay out some other options for you just so you're aware of what there is. Because if you're going to have to pull, you know, 20, that 20, 25% that you're planning to put down from the equity in your home and now you're commingling assets, is that something that you really want to do? Or do you want to go a route where maybe you can have 100% financing through the SBA, or maybe you can put down 10% or 5%, or maybe you need growth capital as well, where the conventional side is not going to allow you to do that. So coming in with a closed-minded aspect or a closed-minded perspective sometimes doesn't allow you to understand or receive that, hey, there could be a better option out here for me that I'm just not aware of. And if I'm not willing to hear it or willing to you know, take the time to to learn more about it, that could put me in a in a position that's worse than the position I could be in if I would have taken the time to to hear some different sides of this thing out. Yeah, business is challenging enough. Don't create your own challenges by being closed minded, right? <laughs> don't don't sure, close the sure. door to opportunities on yourself. You're going to have enough uh, challenges come your way as a business owner. Um, but uh, let me use this analogy and you let me know if it fits. Right. So let's talk football a little bit. I don't know if you're a football fan. You're a football fan. I, I, I follow football a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. So yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. on offense, there are really two things to advance the ball up the field. You're either going to run the ball or you're going to pass the ball. But there are so many different ways to do those two things. Right. Absolutely. Same thing on defense. You got to stop the run, stop the pass. You're only doing two things. But there are almost an infinite number of ways you could attempt to do those two things. In business, you're trying to grow your revenue, right? And you're trying to grow your profits, right? You're really just trying to accelerate those two things to stay ahead of the game. How you do those two things can take a lot of different, uh, it, it, they can manifest themselves in a lot of different ways. And that's what we really want to do with these sh the show. You're playing a game. There's two things you're trying to do, or maybe more, uh, if you have a triple bottom line and you're trying to have an impact as well, which a, a lot of the founders who listen to the show are trying to do, but we're trying to get you to open your mind. All right, folks, you've been listening to my man, Keith Warren over at Northwest Bank, talk about SBA lending. When we come back, we're going to talk about the process of applying and getting approved for a business loan. We're going to hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by KJK. Tired of the billable hour? KJK has a solution. The KJK GC Advantage program offers businesses comprehensive legal services in the areas of employment, corporate services, real estate, trademark, intellectual property, and estate planning, all for a set monthly fee. 
KJK serves as their clients' partners in business, not just their lawyers. Along with cost certainty and predictability, the KJK GC Advantage program gives clients peace of mind, knowing their projects will be handled quickly and efficiently, maximizing the return on investment on their legal spend. So don't go it alone. Let KJK help. Learn more by visiting KJK.com. Hey there, 614 Startups community. We're thrilled to share some exciting news with you. This podcast is proudly supported by Loop, the game changers in return management. Not only are they revolutionizing e-commerce, but they're also on the lookout for talented individuals to join their dynamic team. Looking to be part of a company that values innovation and fosters a vibrant culture? Well, Loop is the place to be. Check out their open positions at loopreturns.com forward slash careers. And here's the scoop. Loop has been recognized by Forbes as one of the next billion dollar startups of 2023. Want to be part of a success story? Now's your chance. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Head over to loopreturns.com forward slash careers and be part of something extraordinary. Loop, where innovation meets success. Apply now. 614 Startups Nation, welcome back to the 614 Startups Podcast. I have on with me today, Keith Warren uh, of Northwest Bank. We're going to continue our conversation around SBA loans and lending and how to use it as a tool to acquire and scale your business. All right, Keith, what are the qualifications for an SBA loan and what can SBA loans be used for? Yeah, so the qualifications for SBA lending um, always revolve around credit, um, and that's usually and that's always personal credit. A lot of people think that because they're doing a business loan, um, it's going to be within the business name, it's going to be in their LLC or S corp or what have you, that it's going to be focused around their business credit when when actuality it's really going to be focused around their personal credit. So one thing that I always tell my clients or customers or prospects or anything to that extent, credit is your most powerful tool that you can take care of when you're looking to acquire a business loan, regardless of what it is that you're doing. So once that is out of the out of the way, you know, we like to see a, a strong business plan that include projections um, and a good idea of the demographics as to what the business is and what it's going to be doing and how it's going to be entailed. Um, once we have that information, you know, we're, we'll collect financials and things of that nature. And then the SBA can be used for any type of business loan that you can think of, whether look whether you're starting up a business from the ground up, you're looking to acquire, or maybe you own a business already and you're looking to expand, you need an extensive amount of working capital and you just need a working capital business loan, um, purchasing commercial real estate. Uh, you know, it really is vast in goes as far as the East is from the West, as far as the things that you can do and you can accomplish. One of the great parts about my career in this space is that I've met some really engaging people who have had some amazing businesses, things that I've never even thought like, oh, that's a great idea. I wish I would have come up with that, right? Because it's not, it may be just not an interest of mine or nothing that I've stumbled across upon. So um, I think you you get an you get a, a great feel for, you know, how the SBA works once you start, once you get into the, into the mix of it. But again, everything revolves around that credit piece. And then once you have that credit piece, I think it, you then start to build out your team. What does your team look like? Um, you know, do you have an attorney? Do you have an accountant? Do you have 
you know, if you're if you're starting something that's going to require equipment or furniture, things of that nature, who's going to be working with you on that side of things? And then obviously myself as your, as your business development officer to assist you on opening up your deposit accounts and having your credit cards and things of that nature. All of that works together for you to be able to start or grow or continue to expand on whatever it is you're doing from a business ventures perspective. All right. So let's dig into a, a few specifics there when it comes to business credit. Um, you're, you, you said a lot of times people think business credit, but let's talk personal credit. And that's what you really need to be protecting and, and making sure it's in good shape. So what are we talking about from a credit score perspective uh, that uh, under the SBA lending guidelines would be considered a solid credit score? And then in terms of personal debt, like, is that also factored in? Uh, when you're making an SBA loan uh, underwriting decision? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely something that is taken into consideration. First question you asked was, was um, what's the score? Credit score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, credit score. So credit score, I would say that we like to see a, a solid 700 plus credit score. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to turn you away because you have a less than 700 credit score, but we have to understand what that story is or what that looks like as to why that score is is slightly less than the 700 that we're typically looking for. Um, and as long as that story, you know, falls in line for what it is that we're looking for from our credit platform, um, typically we can make some things happen for you as long as there aren't any crazy or extenuating circumstances from that side. But 700 is really our base score um, to which we like to see and above, right? Um, then from a, a credit score perspective, I think that you then start to look at um, the different loan types, right? So you have your micro loan that's going to be under $500,000. Then you have your 7A loan, which we have, which typically uh, renders 10 years uh, from an amortization and perspective. It's going to be a variable rate typically. And then you'll have a 504 loan, which usually is used for commercial real estate. Now, one of the beauties of the SOP, and I, and I mentioned this earlier, is one of the things that's been crazy and, and changing is that now we're looking at blended rates when we may want to roll in a business portion of the loan and a real estate portion of the loan under the 7A um, program. And now we can use a blended rate up to 25-year amortization, which really helps from a cash flow perspective for the business owner um, as they look to, to, to grow that business or to acquire that business. Yeah, that's tremendous. And um, so you, thank you for explaining a little bit about the score uh, and the types of loans. So I, if I remember your career, micro, 7A and 504. Uh, yeah. And so you mentioned also the business plan. I think for a lot of people, they, you know, if they've been good about their finances, they're going to have that 700, right? Let's call it, mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. the price of admission. I think where I want to talk to this audience and really encourage them to focus on if they're going to go after a SBA loan is that business plan. What are the characteristics of a solid business plan that when you see that thing come across your desk, you'd be like, oh, my goodness, this is somebody who really took the time and is prepared for success. That's a phenomenal question because and I think that anyone that's watching this that sat on sat in the seat or been on the business side, we've I've seen so many different business plans. And sometimes a business plan can be 
um, something that's hiding something else on that side. But a great business plan that comes in is going to have a great introduction. It's going to explain who the players are in the market. It's going to give you a great demographic study as to where the business is going to be located, what type of competition is around. It's also going to include the partners or some some dialogue and a bio on who those partners are and why they decided to go into this business and what it is that they're looking to accomplish. Projections. Can't, um, I can't, you know, say enough about projections um, and what they mean to the business plan. Typically, we want to see one full year of business of business projections broken down by month by month. And then if you have someone who's really putting in a catcher of the ride type of business plan, they're usually going to have two or three more years of business plans, just a quick, you know, screenshot of a PL or something to that extent as to what they're looking is going to be a growth model for them. And then also it's going to detail to what it is that the end game is. Are they looking to, you know, have multiple businesses that are like this, or are they looking to expand into a different market? Are they looking to purchase real estate and have their own build, building versus renting a space and things of that nature. So that business plan is really good. I should be able to pick up that thing and, and understand everything from A to Z um, and have and, and not need any more detailed information or conversation with the, with the buyer or with the business owner to understand how I need to proceed in um, putting together the, the loan that, that, that I feel will be best fit them for what it is they're looking to do. Yeah. Another way of looking at it is what if it was your money? What would you right. want to see from your cousin who wants to borrow $500,000 <laughs> from you? You want to, you want to make sure Cuzzo really did yeah. his research before you give him 500,000, right? And you really want to have a document in your hand and then look at the person across from the table from you and say, Hey, have you put the team together to execute this? And so uh, businesses take for granted the importance of that accountant that would have helped you with the, the financial projections. Do you ever reach out to people's team? Like, like they're not just pulling these projections out of the sky, right? You're, you're asking for what, what are some things that you're looking at to say, okay, they really thought about this and the team is solid enough to execute it. What are some uh, indicators on the team side that will give you more confidence that maybe this is the right person to lend to? Well, I'll use, for example, I was working with uh, a young lady who was opening her own uh, boutique in a prominent area in this in this city. And she took you know, she was very meticulous about every little thing that she wanted to put into her business plan. She wanted it to be absolute perfect to the point where I was like, it doesn't really need to be this perfect. Like, I understand what it is you're trying to do. But from her perspective, she wanted to she wanted to sit down with her accountant and make sure that her projections matched with what it was that she really thought that she would be able to do so that she could make some real, have some realistic expectations on what it was that her business could produce. Um, and so whenever you have someone that comes in and they say, hey, I've sat down with my accountant on this part of it, and I've sat down with my attorney to make sure that my LLC and that my articles of incorporation and how my business is structured is done properly. And I've also met with these three vendors on what I'm trying to do from an equipment perspective. That shows me that if you're going to be that diligent on the front end, that you're going to take care of your business once we extend this credit to you to make sure that we're paid back. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to extend credit to help you 
grow, purchase, do whatever it is you want to do with your business with the, with the result of being paid back in full um, at the end of the term. So, um, you know, but when, when, when you encounter business customers and clients and prospects that have taken that type of diligence and what it is that they're doing and been on top of it, that really, that truly is a, a great indicator as to how that relationship is going to, is going to move and, and, and end up working out. The math has to math. All right. Not on <laughs> just slight probing all the math, like right. the projections right. are like, okay, well, how are you going to pay three people and still make this kind of profit? Like the math has to math at the end of the day. It, all right. It has so to let's math. dig and, and into you, the time. You can't, have, you can't uh -huh. have the typical boy math and girl math that people like to throw out and say that, you know, that's boy math or what have you, but the math has to math. And you're absolutely right. Um, at the end of the day, this is still a financial institution lending um, large dollars amounts to customers. And we want to make sure that everyone is on the same page with it. All right. So we got the credit together. We got the business plan together. We got our team is solid. You probe the numbers. The numbers are adding up. We got to decide what kind of loan works best for our business or our business need. You mentioned the 7A. Let's start there, right? So these are uh, $500,000 or less. Uh, what that's, your you look that's your micro. Oh, sorry. Micro. Yeah. Micro, then 7A, then 504. So micro, what are we talking about in terms of interest ranges? So maybe we get to the point where, hey, hey, $250,000. I want to buy two cargo vans for my, you know, I'm expanding my, I'm an electrician and I want to hire more people and put them on the road, right? I need my cargo vans. What are they looking at in terms of fees and interest? Yes. And I know there's now some fee relief that's available in yep. 2024. Yep, yep that's, a, that's, a, that's a great uh, great segue to some of that fee relief. Um, so $500,000 and less or a million dollars and less, there's no fee whatsoever. Typically, there's a 3% fee, SBA fee, that is required on all SBA loans. One of the S SOP changes for 2024 currently is that anything under a million dollars does not require any type of SBA fee. Anything from a million to $2 million requires a one and a half percent fee. Anything over $2 million is back to your 3% fee. So for those micro loans that a customer may come in, um, their, their rates are usually going to be tied to some type of um, variable rate market or something to extent, whether it be prime or LIBOR or, or SOFR or what have you, depending upon who the lending institution is. And amortization term is still going to be up to 10 years on that micro loan. That really is what this 7A is just on a larger scale. That 7A loan is able to go up to $5 million um, in lending for that particular client. Um, and that's aggregate uh, lending, which means that they can come back multiple times and do multiple different loans up to $5 million. Um, and re depending upon where that falls, uh, those fees will be in line with that. Again, going to be tied to some type of variable market rate um and uh it's going to be you know structured in a manner where you can go up to 10 years from a term perspective or if you're doing a blended rate from a commercial real estate perspective it's going to potentially have up to 25 years in amortization as well okay so um a market since it's it's based on prime or libor or some um, base rate plus whatever, and it, it is variable, 
Give us a sense of the rate market that we're currently in, right? So we enjoyed the utopia period of near zero interest rates. And then the Fed went, it needed to normalize rates. And now that the economy is where it is, it's kind of starting to back off a little bit. So in the grand scheme of interest rate history, I mean, you, you're, you're the, the expert here. You've been in the game for a minute. You've seen a couple of different markets. Where are we currently what kind of interest rate environment are we in? Low, medium, high thoughts? Um, you know, I, I think that we're, we're, in a, we're in a medium to high interest rate market today. Um, and that's just where the economy is today. Um, but what I will tell you is that banks and lending institutions are being extremely flexible in what it is that they're trying to do in order to meet customers where they are and give them the best of both worlds by also putting the wherewithal of the bank um, into consideration as well. So I would say that we're in a medium to high rate environment. Um, obviously, we've all heard the rumors and, and speculations that rates are going to be coming down over the next year or two, um, to which I'm sure everyone is looking forward to. But prime is prime. You know, prime prime rate is, is what it is. And, and typically most SBA loans are tied to some type of prime rate um, product. And so, you know, and that's how and that's how it's been for a while. Like I said, there are some lending institutions, some banks that are willing to be more creative to compete and to to earn some of the business that's out there. But typically when you're talking about the SBA, that's where it's going to that's where it's going to land. And so it's been, you know. The playing field is level. From that perspective, um, I think most of the lending institutions and banks are right around the same area. I know me personally, I don't typically lead with rates because I'm leading with service. I'm leading with term times. I'm leading with how long it's going to take me to approve your loan from the day that it comes in to the day that we close to how quickly I can get you the working capital from when you come in and sit down in my office and say, hey, this is I need A, B and C to how soon you can make that first draw on it. And then what that product looks like, if it's going to be a great interest rate on a five year term that could put you in a, in a in a stronghold from a cash flow perspective. But if it's going to be a rate that we both can agree on is beneficial to you and it has a 10 year term or 12 or 15 year term because we're blending it. I think that that, that outweighs um, the rate perspective. And I think people are seeing that from a home mortgage perspective. And it's not that much different from a um, a business perspective. Yeah. And I, I, I'll, keeping an open mind, don't decide in isolation. Don't take yeah. the information that you're hearing on this podcast and you say, you know what? Based on what Keith and Elio said, I don't think <laughs> I should apply for an SBA loan right now. No, right. everybody's circumstance is different. And until you get in the process and you're talking to an expert like Keith to really evaluate what it looks like for your business, you really don't know. Yeah. And I think a yeah, lot this, of entrepreneurs disqualify themselves before even trying. Go ahead. No, I was just saying this. I mean, what we're doing right now, we're having a, a conversation amongst friends and, and really giving us a snapshot of what it looks like holistically. Right. But truthfully, how the things that we're talking about today could be completely different from a customer that may call in and say, hey, Elio, can you put me in contact with Keith? I want to talk to him about the S this SBA situation where he said the rate is this and the term is this and this is how it's going to be structured. It could be completely different for that client because maybe they have, you know, an extensive amount of capital that they're willing to inject in the deal. Or maybe they have collateral that they want to provide or 
maybe there's a, additional businesses that they that they already have that because their ca that cash flow can support this new business venture. So again, these are the 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 the, the basic parameters of what we're looking at from an SBA perspective, but everything is going to be different, which is which plays right into your point of approaching everything with an open mind, because it's important that you take the time to sit down with someone like myself and really have the conversation about what the goals are, what the what the end goals are, what the three-year plan is, five-year plan, and things of that nature immediately, and, and really figure out how you want to go about starting and really growing your business um, in the future. Yeah, great, man. So uh, reach out to Keith, but we're not done yet. We still got to figure out how <laughs> we apply for this thing and what the typical process is from application to actually having the funds in your in your account. So, Keith, what are you expecting from somebody coming to you and wanting to submit an application? What are the required documents and what's the process like? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's it's going to be different for for every customer typically, but we're looking at a full financial package, um, which requires tax returns and personal financial statements and business plans with projections and, um, you know, any types of any type of, you know, layouts that they've put together that shows staffing or payroll or anything to that extent where it's going to give us a better picture as to what this business looks like today versus what it could look like in year two, year three, year four. So. A full financial package is always going to require, and it's always going to have personal and business returns that are going to be um, required. If there's an if that's an if it's an acquisition, if it's a working capital, if it's a startup business, or anything to that extent, it's going to be more so lent, uh, lending upon the personal tax returns and what your business projections look like. And you know, we've got years and years of experience in doing SBA loans at Northwest Bank, and, and them understanding what that process from an underwriting process looks like and what those projections look like from a typical business, whether it be a franchise that you're looking to acquire a, a Cane's chicken or something to that extent, or, you know, one of the cookie shops that just opened or a tr tropical smoothie or anything to that extent. We've got a good amount of history and, and projections as to what those should model to look like. So if you come in and you say, hey, my tropical smoothie is going to do $5 million in the first year, I'm going to say, well, the AUV average unit volume of a tropical smoothie is right around 1.1 to 1.2 million dollars, and that's if you have a drive-through. It's up to 1.5. So, you know, want to make sure that those numbers fall in line, and we have the history and the expertise from our underwriting process to be able to really give a good snapshot and a good idea as to what those should look like. So when they come in, we're able to underwrite to the exact number and get a good picture of how that should come out. Yeah. And, and uh, guys, I hope you heard that. He gave you a little inside baseball on acquiring a franchise, established franchise, is that a successful franchise doesn't need to be a unicorn, right? It doesn't need to be a billion dollar business in order to acquire capital to either acquire it or scale it. I think for many of us, it's not success unless it puts us on the cover of Fast Company or Forbes. There are a lot of people in this community who have small businesses doing a million and a half, $2 million a year, living very well. And they're able to scale their businesses year in, year out. Like Keith was saying, it's not one loan. It's an aggregate of loans <laughs> that you could consecutively have to continue to scale your business over time. And as long as you can service your loan, 
and your business continues to grow, Keith wants to continue to be part, your partner in business as you scale. All right, Keith, we went over all the basics. I'm sure there are folks who are listening to this that are excited about connecting with you. So how does somebody who listens to this podcast, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me, um, truthfully, is I'm always on the go, so cell phone. And you can reach me on my cell phone by either calling, texting, or email. My email comes directly to my cell phone. So, um, you know, I have no problem with sharing direct line 614-400-1814. That's my cell number. Uh, email address is Keith, K-E-I-T-H dot Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N at Northwest.com. Um, and those are the two best ways to get in contact with me. And that way I can get right back with you pretty quickly. So, so yeah. Yeah, man, we're going to be promoting. Yeah. We're going to be promoting this all over social media. I know Keith is active on LinkedIn. You can hit him in the LinkedIn DM as well. Right, Keith? You, you can, you can, you can, you can, but all right, awesome, you can hit man. me at the link, LinkedIn DMs, but shoot it straight to me, you know, straight to the text message. I'll call you right back. Um, you know, there's no time like the present. So. All right. Awesome, man. Keith, thank you so much for taking this time, providing us all this valuable information. 614 Startups Nation, don't let 2024 go by like 2023 has gone by. If you're looking to get that bag and you've been thinking equity and maybe you've pitched some, a few people and they're saying, hey, we don't really see a startup here. This is more of a small business. Now you're entering Keith Warren's wheelhouse and he's here to help you. All right. So reach out to him. He gave you the mobile number. He gave you the email. You know, who knows? 2024 could definitely be your year to go to the next level. All right, folks, until next time, peace. That's a wrap, folks. You can find this in all our episodes on our website, 614startups.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all your favorite podcasting platforms. Don't forget to subscribe and write a review. If you'd like updates sent directly to your inbox, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter on the website. To engage in the 614 Startups community, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at 614 Startups on all platforms and join the conversation. For sponsorship opportunities and collaborations, email us at info at 614startups.com.